Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Thankful for Father's grace, sustaining grace over our nation last week. I know it's a great disappointment for the Weather Channel that the storm did not directly hit Florida as a Category 5, uh, but we are grateful that our prayers are stronger than their desire, and uh, they were so happy the other day when that actually went through the very tip of the North Carolina Cape Hatteras so they could claim that we were hit by the storm. But unfortunately, as you know, the Bahamas was hit in a devastating way. Uh, many of you got an email from me this week that today at the end of both services, during our regular tithes and offerings, our missions offering today, everything that will be given towards mission, 100% uh, is going to go towards uh, helping the people of the Bahamas. And uh, we, uh, I want to encourage you just to give. E- everything you would have spent rebuilding your house or whatever, uh, just, I, you know, I encourage you to, to give uh, generously to help us to help the people uh, on that island. We love those people. Uh, they were so many devastated. It, it, it's a miracle of God, as bad and horrible as every death is. It's a miracle that there were not more uh, deaths directly from that storm. It's, I mean... Puerto Rico a couple of years ago had almost 4,000 people uh, killed in that storm, and and uh, we are thankful that God sustained life, but there, there are tremendous needs down there. There are no homes, there are no shelter, there's no hospitals. Um, we have a couple of uh, pilots, uh, one in our church family, one in our school family, and this week one of the men came by the office just to see if we'd collected anything. Him and a couple of his buddies have airplanes, and they were they were loading up their planes with anything anybody would load in them, and they were going to fly them down the Bahamas, and I was like, wow, can you do that? And so they went through the whole process, and, and they were trying to get out on Tuesday, and I believe finally on Wednesday, they were able to get down, and each of their planes, they carried about 8,000 pounds of uh, tarps and tents and clothing and baby stuff and canned foods, and, and they're just flying back and forth. Fred Shore is uh, registered now to go. He's going to try to fly down tomorrow. If some of you men have a day off and would like to jump on one of these planes and help uh, just to go down, load up, they're flying into Fort Pierce. There's a ministry there called Mercy Mercy Flight or Mercy Ministry, I can't remember which, but they have a big warehouse full of materials, and uh, they're actually flying into Fort Pierce, loading up the planes and flying directly an hour flight over to the Bahamas and back, enough fuel to get there and back each time. And so we're just thrilled to be a part of that. I offered money to help some of these pilots flying their own planes, and... Uh, But I encourage you today just to really pray and consider as I'm preaching this word this morning what you'd like to give in this offering. I want to thank, as soon as that email went out, literally within a couple of minutes, uh, thousands of dollars had already been given online through many of you people that just went immediately online and gave. So I say thank you for that. I commend you for your heart and uh, rejoice, all right? So two other things real quickly. Next Sunday night, 5.30, I'm going to be casting vision for us as a church family for missions, both domestically and internationally, for the next three to five years. This year has been a crazy busy year. We had 400 people reaching uh, the Gainesville area during Reach Week. We've had 100 people or so go on several missions trips to Cuba, 
to um, Peru as we had 75 people there this summer. Uh, I'll be leaving for China in three weeks, and I'm there for two weeks. I'm back for a week, and then I'll leave for Cuba, where will be our... Um, Third trip, I think, or fourth trip in preaching across the whole island of Cuba in obedience to the word of the Lord. Holy Spirit said, go to every state or province, which we gave Bibles out, which was 15 of the 16 states. And we will be preaching the word on tithes, offerings, seed time and harvest, uh, living to give, giving to live, the whole mindset of what the word of God will do in a person's life. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter what your past is. Doesn't matter how cursed you were. Doesn't matter how poor you were. The word of God changes us from the inside out, and we get a hold of that, uh, it does something significant, not only in our lives, but in generations to come. And so next week, Sunday night, uh, I want to encourage everybody that has a heart for missions to come out. We will have uh, child care, but you need to go online and register. You'll see that on the notes at the end of the service this morning. And then lastly, before I get in the Word tonight at 5.30, there's a college outreach for all of our incoming college students, all of our students from The Rock that are above high school um, through college age. We encourage you to come out. Uh, there will be information on the screen uh, at the end of the service. All right. Huh. I'm ready to preach. Open up your Bibles, if you will, this morning, and uh, we're going to get in. We're starting a new series this morning. It's going to last for about five weeks. I need 10 weeks, uh, but I'm going to take five, and uh, we're going to be talking about the joy of giving. Last week, I did a standalone message titled The Joy of Salvation. We're going to do five weeks here uh, titled The Joy of Giving. After that, I'm going to do a three-week series on the joy of of purity. I cannot wait to teach this. It's going to be good uh, because God's word is good. It's going to bring about some freedom for some of us uh, that need this in our lives. And then in, at Christmas time, we're going to talk about the joy of Christ or the joy of Christmas. So we're just talking a lot about joy. How many of you like joy? Joy is not based on outward circumstances or events. Matter of fact, Pastor Ron just told me a great story. If you'd have told me that before first service, I could have used it both. But Pastor Ron went to uh, prison this week. We prayed him out. But um, <laughs> he went to prison to minister to a young man that we have been ministering to for 25 years through letters, uh, through encouragement, through Bibles, the book, uh, the Word of God. And uh, he's a brother. I've never met the man. Uh, but he's a brother of a family that was in our church years and years ago. And uh, unfortunately, as a young man in a stupid, foolish situation, he murdered a person. And uh, he's in prison for the rest of his life. He understands that. He knows that. But he got wonderfully and gloriously saved. And, uh, and it took several months for Pastor Ron to go through all the steps to get the process to get to go to the prison called The Rock, uh, the death row here in Florida. And, uh, but on his way out there last week uh, to minister, he told me that he met a precious man that had been in prison for 40 seven years. And he said, before he knew this man's story, he said he is, he is the chaplain's assistant at this Rayford State Penitentiary. And uh, he met this man. He said, he bubbled with joy. The joy of the Lord came out of him. He was just, he was just walking in such a way that it so impressed Pastor Ron. He asked the, the man, what is your story? And he tells him that he's in prison for life, um, in a foolish state. He murdered a person and he's never given 
getting out, uh, but he got saved in prison wonderfully, gloriously, came to know Jesus Christ. And, and Ron told him, he said, I have never uh, met a person so full of joy as meeting you today, which goes to prove it doesn't matter what your outward circumstances are. You can be free, but, but bound up, or you can be locked up and free in Christ Jesus. Because you know what? God loves every person in every prison in every place in the world. Our sin is no less than their sin. And God loved you when some of y'all weren't lovable. I'm just calling it like it is. Because I know some of your stories. Paul said it this way. I, I, he said, I believe I was the chief sinner of all sinners. He was a murderer, Paul was. He not only agreed to murder, he stood, held the jackets of those that were killing people that love the God that we love. And isn't it amazing that God says, I can use him. And on his way to kill more people that believe like you and I believe, Jesus showed up. And he was knocked off his horse Got up and couldn't see. And he cries out, Lord, Lord. And God graciously saves him. Let's him stay in the dark for three days. Sends him to a house. And says to some people that were scared to death of him. You remember that guy Paul, Saul? Said, I, I want you to go lay hands and you know what that teacher, preacher of the word said? Lord, isn't he the one that's been killing people like us? <laughs> Why don't you pick somebody else? <laughs> and he said, no, no, I, I pick you. And he goes into that house, lays hands on Saul. And his eyes are open, filled with the Holy Ghost. And today you and I enjoy the fruit of the labor of that man. God loves everybody. God loves the lost. Can you say amen to that? All right, so I want to bring a word this morning. It's going to be, uh, as I said, about five weeks long. We're going to talk about giving, uh, giving in every area of our lives. This is not just about money. For every, anybody that just thinks pastor's about to talk about money again, I'm going to talk about money sometime over these next five weeks. But today, I'm going to talk, uh, I'm going to define the word joy. I'm going to define the word give or giver or gave. And uh, we're going to tie the two together, and we're going to find out uh, that, that everything that I'm going to share with you today represents the God that we love and the God that we serve, whose very character and nature we have a right to have because we're sons and daughters of the Most High God and what God gave through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the Father gave all authority. How much authority? All authority and all power. And then Jesus turns and gives it to the church and says, now, I'm giving you the same power. How come it looks like so many believers that say they believe in Jesus Christ don't have the power and the authority that Jesus gave us and said we were to have? Because we don't have enough knowledge of his word and infilling of his Holy Spirit. And so we live as those who, many believers live as those who know nothing of the knowledge of who they are in Christ Jesus. That's why one of the reasons why we're pushing our growth track class, want everybody to go through it no matter how long you've been here or if you're brand new, because in growth track, we want to help you to make sure that you know God. 
that you know him in a personal way. You don't know about God. It's no longer the God of my daddy, the God of my mama, my denomination, you know, my background, but that you know him. Jesus said, Father, my heart's desire is that they would know you, hear me, like I know you. How many of you think Jesus knew God? And, and so his prayer is, Father, I want every one of them that receive me, I want them to know you the way I know you. That's powerful. I mean, that, 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 that should be life-changing to you if you're sitting here today and you go, well, I know a lot about, about God. I know a lot about the church. I know a lot about a lot of things. But I don't really know Christ. If I don't know Christ, I haven't received Christ. I haven't had a life-changing experience. Then, then I'm never going to find that second part that we push in our Grow Track class, and that is we want you to find freedom. We want you to get free in Christ Jesus so that you know who you are. You know what Jesus did at the cross and by what authority it changes your life. It's not just a denominational thing or a traditional thing. It's a life-changing, literally. It's like if I came down, sat with you in your house and said, listen, I'm going to give you some authority that you didn't know you have. And I began to expound on what Christ did for you and how you have a right to do what we did earlier today, and that is to lay hands on a sick child and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the word declares she has a right to be healed. Yeah. Amen? Your circumstances can change. Your finances can change. Not because you think about it or you wish or you hope or you buy lottery tickets. Your your Financial situation can change because God gave a principle in which he desires for you to get and to know because he knows that when you know it and get it, it'll change your life. And the enemy wants to keep us blinded, wants to keep us thinking, well, it's all mine anyhow. Instead of finding out, wow, you know what? Everything that I am and have belongs to the Father. When I receive Jesus Christ, it's no longer my life but his life. It's no longer my will, but it's his will be done. And I want my life forever to line up with the word of God. And then thirdly, we want through this class to help you to know and find what, discover what your purpose in life is. Listen, it would be like me sitting down right now, just took the time and walked across the auditorium and sat down with every one of you and asked you a question, do you know what your purpose in life is? And if the answer is no, my first thing would be, God wants you to know. And he's given you principles, he's given you his word, and he's given you his Holy Spirit, that when you will pay the price to seek him first, he will, through that process of seeking, reveal to you what his plan for your life is. I look all the way back into my childhood as a little boy getting saved at eight. I had no clue what I would be doing at 62. But you know what? It's not like God just went, wow. Look what he was able to do. No, no. God knew what I was going to do. God knows what you can do or are doing. Hear me. He knows what you are doing, and he also knows what you can do because he's giving you his Holy Spirit to help you to make your life count. Yeah. If all you're doing is just doing, seriously, don't you want to do more than just exist or do? Don't you want to do something with the rest of the days of your life that literally you can't do without faith? I do. I, I want to say, God, good, take me where I've never gone before. I want to hear what I've never heard before. I want to see what I've never seen before. I want to do what I've never done before because I want to do what you have for me. And God's like, "Woo, that's what I've been waiting for. Right. 
I'm willing to pay the price. We're willing to pay the price to go, God, man, I love what you've done so far, but I know, you, I know there's so much more. How many of you believe there's a little bit more God has left for you? Let me see. I'm just looking around. I'm looking around. How many, you believe there's a little bit more. Man, I believe there's some more that God wants, hear me, to do in me, come on, so he can do it through me. I don't want just, I don't want just, Lord, just bless me, my wife, my children's, my grandchildren's, maybe even my church family, Lord, just a little bit more for them too. No, I, I'm, I'm like, God, fill us up with more. Matter of fact, I love that prayer of Jabez. Don't you love that prayer? Jabez said, Lord, bless me with more than enough. Why? Not so I can just go, I got more. No, so I can give more away. So I can bless more. I can do more. I can see more. I can experience more. That's what God's desire for. Why? So the fourth thing in growth track is we want you to know that you can make a difference with your life. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand on this one, but think about it for a minute. Do you want your life to make a difference or you just want to exist and die? My gosh. One day we're going to stand before God, and I trust that everyone in this room, if you're not confident of that right now, I trust that at the end of the service, you will be. You'll let me pray for you. But my prayer is that every one of us will hear, well done, thou good and faithful. But in the midst of the well done, thou good and faithful, our works will be judged. And I'm telling you, I don't want to stand before God one day and God say, you know what, uh, son, you, you did this and you did it well. But, 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 but look. This is what I had for you. And it's like, it's like, woo! And, and it's like, ugh. I mean, it didn't take much faith to do what, what I did. I got up every week and I went to church and, you know, I took care of some babies in nursery and, and like, wow, that's a big thing. It is a big thing, but it not ought to be the only thing. Amen. Because God has something, and, and he's taken us from glory to glory, man. He's continually, well, I got to get to my word. Last Sunday, second service, y'all mess with me. I never preach my message. So the, the first service, both weeks, I've got a word. I got to bring y'all this word today, so I'm going to get to it right now, all right? So the joy of giving, joy, the emotion of great delight. Y'all didn't hear this last week because I never got to it. Joy, the emotion of great delight or happiness, listen to this, caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. How many of y'all like good things to happen to you? Let me just see here. How many of y'all love bad things to happen to you? you just like, oh, I grow so much when, man, you do grow when bad things happen all the time. And you very seldom ever grow when good stuff happens. You just enjoy it, right? And I believe God wants us to enjoy some stuff on the earth. I don't think God just saved us and, and just wants us to endure. I believe he wants us to enjoy life, creation, his beauty, sunrises. Come on, how many of y'all like a good sunrise? How many of you like the full moon when it's just like full? I mean, like the fullness of joy. It's just like, woo! How do you look at the moon and say there is no God? It just evolved. It just, it just one day popped up and was a big light bulb in the sky. No, man, it, 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 the word says creation cries out of the glory of God. I love riding through the woods. I love walking through the woods. I love standing by a riverbank. I love the ocean. Man, what is it with those waves? They just, they just keep coming. They never stop coming. 
They just keep coming. You know what? I believe that's what God wants to do in your life with his blessing. Just keep it coming. Just let it keep coming. Why? Because he wants to bless you so that we as believers will be a blessing to the unbelieving world. I ain't got time to preach that message. I got to move on, all right? So joy is the emotion of great delight or happiness. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is what? Fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I love this passage, man. The psalmist writes out and he says, in your presence. See, some people say, well, I ain't got no joy. I'm not happy. I know I'm going to heaven one day. You know, what it, you know what the psalmist said? He said, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. You know why I stand up here in the front during worship? Because I don't want none of y'all messing with me or distracting me during worship. Because I want to be in his presence. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like somebody that's got all those D's and H's and C's, and HDD's, C, double D's, and triple D's, and whatever. If I stand back there in the back... Oh, my gosh. I just have to put blinders on because I, I'm trying to worship God and people are walking in and out and they're popping their coffee cups open and they're reading their cell phones and they're surfing the web and they're trying to find out on Facebook how many likes they had this morning. And I want to be in the presence of God because you know what? There's no fullness of joy in how many likes you had on your, on your Facebook this morning. Right. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm up to 101. Yeah, but you don't know the presence of God. The presence of God will make you forget about Facebook likes. I mean, it goes so beyond that. Entering into his presence, he said, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, O God, are pleasures forevermore. John 15 verse 10 says this, if you keep my commandments, say if you keep. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, listen to this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. You know what Jesus wants for you? He wants you to have fullness of joy. He doesn't want you just to exist. Just like this man, 47 years in prison. Today he's going to get up, and his today is going to be his yesterday. And his tomorrow's going to be his today, which was his yesterday. He ain't ever getting out of prison. And yet, he has this joy. He's living in the chapel. He's serving the chaplain. He, he, he's ministering to inmates. He, he's loving on people because he, even though he has this boundary, this cell around him, he's locked up outwardly. He's not locked up inwardly. You know, when, when you open up your Bible and start reading, most of the epistles that you read out of uh, Paul's writings came to you while Paul was locked up in prison. And we sit over here as American Christians like, woe is me. Yeah, I have it really rough. My house not near as big as my neighbor over there on the other side of the church. They got a big old house, God, and, and your word says you love me as much as you love them. And my gosh, woe is me. Can we just, can we just regurgitate that out of our life and just start going, Lord, thank you for the house you've given me. Thank you that, that, my, that who I am is not based on my house, the size of my house, the bigness of my house, the littleness of my house. Who I am is based on who I am in Christ Jesus. And in knowing you, God, there's a fullness Fullness. I mean, I'm over full, meaning my cup can't take no more. 
Some of y'all are like, my cup take a whole lot more. <laughs> well, but, 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 it, but then again, how do you get it? Well, you know, Pastor, God must give it to you because you're one of those preachers, he called. No, has nothing to do with my profession. Has everything to do with, are you and I living in his presence? Because in his presence, hear me, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. See, the American church has been so bound up, messed up, and confused about what our pleasures are to be. We think our pleasures are on our next vacation or our next this or our next new dress or our next new jacket or our next new car instead of our, our joy being full in who we are in Christ Jesus. Because when we're full and we're overflowing, we have something to give out to those around us. When your cup's like, you know, I'm a Christian and I got like one-fifth of a cup here. I mean, I can't hardly get a splash around when I shake my glass. <laughs> what do you have to offer out there in the world? Nothing. I mean, your water looks like extra spit, you know? It's just like nobody wants it. I mean, I'll drink out of, behind my wife. I, I mean, I, I just drink, but I don't want the last swig of anybody's cup, especially my grandchildren. Come on, somebody. And y'all know I love my grandbabies. But they're like, here, Baba, can I have a drink of that? Yeah. And they start drinking. I say, you can have the whole thing, baby. Baba loves you. I'm going to just go get me another cup. I mean, they're just like, yesterday I was watching a couple of my kids swim, and, uh, and mom had told me that... Uh, their mom had told me they need to drink a little water. So every once in a while, I'd make them get out of the pool and say, uh, okay, you got to drink some water. And Bob, I'm not thirsty. Don't, that, drink the water. <laughs> this is not a debate. And, and so I give the water. And as I'm giving the, one bottle of water, two kids, you know, and I won't say which one drank first, but, but one of them drank. And, and, and they, they had been swimming in the pool, and it was, just coming, it was just coming down here, you know. And so I didn't say anything. I just swiped the top real quick and gave it to the, to the sibling and said, here, drink some water. <laughs> and then the next time around, I'll let the other one have it first, you know, and just hoping, hoping and praying. But, but uh, man, he wants us to be full. So that we have something to pass on. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, I love this, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your souls. Listen to this. Peter's writing this story. Peter's writing to this, and, and he's writing into the church. Now, understand, this is post-Jesus going back to heaven. This is post all the miracles, post uh, uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection. This is, is post-Peter being filled with the Holy Ghost. His life's changed, and now he's writing to the church, and he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And I think that's ironic because Peter had been with Jesus. And as I was reading this this morning, uh, for the, you know, humpteenth time, all of a sudden I had this revelation I'd never seen before because Peter's writing. He says, though you, uh, uh, though you have not seen him, you love him. And I realized, wow, Peter walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He saw the miracles. He saw the things that happened. He saw dead people raised. Listen to me this morning. Lame people walk. Deaf people hear. Blind people see. Leprous cleansed. Hungry people fed. And yet, I believe what was going on was even though Peter was with Christ, he had not yet seen Christ. 
he saw only in the flesh. No different than the fact that we love him and have not yet seen him. Peter had been with him and seen him but didn't know him. Until, you remember, when Jesus went to the cross and then he went to the, it was buried. Three days later, he comes out of the grave. He reveals himself to five women. You remember what he says to them? He says, go and find my disciples and Peter and tell them I'm risen. Wow. The first time I read that years ago and got a revelation of that, I realized how much Jesus didn't love Peter more than he loved the others, but Peter needed something the others didn't need. Peter's had all the talk. Peter had all the talk, but he had no walk. Peter said, Lord, I, me, me. You want to get the chest out and gut in, okay? It's, man, my back's hurting, so I couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> Jesus, me, super disciple, will never do what these guys will do. I'll go to the grave with you. Jesus looks at Peter and goes, oh. Oh, did you have to say that? Now, Peter, I need to let you know, you're not only not going to go with me, you're going to actually deny me. You're actually going to curse me. I am not a part of him. Wow. And then you get over here to 1 Peter, and he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. You know why we can have that kind of joy? Because of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus said to the disciples. You remember this? He's, he's come out of the grave. He spends 40 days with the disciples. He's teaching, fellowshipping, having some uh, uh, cookouts by the lake. He, he, you know, they, he's watched the guys fish again. He comes out when they fished all night, hadn't caught anything again. And he, I think Jesus loved doing that. He just like, he just like told the fish, y'all go away. I'll call you in the morning. And, and they fish all night. And Jesus comes to them in the morning and says, hey, guys. And they're out there offshore, and they're fishing, they're laboring. He said, have you caught anything? Mm, they don't even know it's Jesus. Like, would you leave us alone? We've been here all night. We're believing this next cat. How many fishermen do I have? Come on, let me see your hands. You're out there, and you fish for hours, and you start praying, don't you? Come on, don't lie to me. You start, Lord, I need a bite. I mean, I, I don't even, right now, I don't even have to catch one. Just let, let me have a nibble. You know, because you're out there, and, and they've been out there, and they're fishing all night, and, and, and he says, have you caught anything? And they said, no. And you know, what, what does he say? Cast on the other side. <laughs> We've been casting on both sides, thank you, all night. No, they didn't do that. they just like, okay. And what does it say? They pull in the biggest amount of fish they had ever caught in their entire lives. And Wow. Peter, he can't take himself, man. He strips down and jumps in and starts swimming. He knows it's Jesus. And, and Jesus has counted the fish. He wanted to make sure they knew how big the fish were and how many were there. And he said, Peter, he turns to him, he says, Peter, you're not going to fish for fish anymore. You're going to fish for mankind. And then as he's about to ascend to the right hand of the Father, there are 500 people out there 
along with the 12 original disciples and the others. They're all out there, and they're listening to Jesus this one last time. Listen to me this morning. And Jesus said, listen, I'm about to defy gravity. Y'all are going to be blown away. Just, you know, want to prepare. You don't want you to have heart attacks or anything because I'm about to ascend to heaven. And in my going, I'm going to leave gifts. I'm going to leave the gift to the church of Jesus Christ of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher because y'all need it. But more importantly, in my going, I need you to go and hang out because the promise of what I've been telling you for three years, God's about to do. And how many were there again? 500 that are out there, and Jesus says, you go and you wait until you receive. Well, well, how will we know? He said, you'll know. For anybody that's never received the Holy Ghost, you will know when you have received the Holy Spirit. Not the Spirit that gives you to salvation, and not even the baptism of water, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the one that when Peter came preaching in Cornelius' house, he says, hey, have y'all received since you believe? And they said, we don't even know what Holy Spirit you're talking about. And Jesus said, listen, I'm going to go, and in my going, the promise of the Father is going to come. Holy Spirit's going to descend upon you. And listen, 500 people heard. And what scripture tell us? There were 120 in the upper room. Think about it. 380 said, we'll be there, but McDonald's is running an egg scramble with, uh, with sausage and, uh, and hash browns and a couple pancakes. So we're going to go by McDonald's and have breakfast first. And 120 went to the upper room. And they're up there. Somebody says, Peter, James, John, y'all were with him a long time. What are we waiting on? I don't know. He says, when he shows up, we'll know. So I, I believe that eventually somebody said, hey, Pastor Jamie, do you have a guitar? Can you come up, just lead us in some worship? And they started worshiping God. They started just waiting in his presence, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit dis- descended out of heaven into that room and hung over all of those 120, and they began to worship God. They received power in their lives, and they began to pray in a heavenly language. The Holy Spirit was given, and hear me, church, this morning. I want to say this prophetically over the nations. The Holy Spirit was given, and the Holy Spirit was never taken back. The power of the Holy Spirit is here today for us. And hear me, if Peter and James and John and the disciples who walked with him and yet did not know him, who saw the miracles and yet could not believe, if they needed the Holy Ghost in 2019, how many of you think we need the Holy Spirit in our life? I can't live for God without the Holy Spirit because it becomes a letter of the law. Need the Holy Spirit in my life. And all of a sudden, Peter went from that person that couldn't believe to writing the scripture and saying, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you have now not even seen him, you believe in him and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your souls. That is so powerful. Joy because of who we are. In Christ Jesus. Now I want to go real quick because I only have a couple of minutes and talk about to give or to be a giver or one who gave. And, and, and I want to tell you this. I got in scripture this week and just decided to do a word search and I finally just had to stop. There is so many scriptures that talk about the character of God 
that used the word give or giver or gave. Not one time did I find in Scripture where it said God took. He always gave. And I said this last week. One of the things that we can examine our own lives by, if I want to be like God and not the God of this world, not the little G of this world, which is the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. If I want to look at my life and say, who do I belong to? All you have to do is be honest enough to say, am I a giver or a taker? Because God is a giver, Satan is a taker, and the question always is, what are you? What am I? What is it that represents my life? Is it that I am the redeemed of the Lord? Are you redeemed this morning, been washed by his blood, cleansed, man, been made new in Christ Jesus? When that happens, God wants every part of our lives to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Say this with me. Say lordship. Lordship. Say savior. savior. Both are gifts of God from Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ. But many people want Jesus to be savior of their life. Meaning, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. But they don't want him to be Lord of their life. Because Lord of my life means this. I can no longer ever say in prayer, in worship time, when God speaks to me and says, son, I have this for you. I can never, ever again say, "Uh, but Lord, is there any other thing that you have? Because I don't really want to do this. See, lordship is yes, Lord, to whatever he's saying. And yes will change your life forever. Say amen by faith this morning. So the joy of being a giver, the emotion of great delight or happiness taken from joy in being a child of God and taking on his nature and character as a giver. The difference is in our lives when we come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, no matter what we were, we are no longer bound to be that. Our destiny is in Christ Jesus, not in who we were or where we came from. Our destiny, our ability to change comes from the Lord himself. Having the desire to be a giver comes from not only believing in God, but more importantly, listen to this, learning to trust God. A lot of people say, well, I believe. My mama believed, my daddy believed, my little country pastor church where I went, he believed. It's not enough to believe in God. The word says that even the devils in hell believe and tremble. A lot of people believe. The question is, do you take your belief system to a trust system? Do you trust God with your life, with your future, with your destiny, with your marriage, with your healing, with your finances, with your your career, with your profession? Do you trust God? When God says this, will you say, yes, Lord, to whatever it is that God's wanting to take you from to where he's wanting to take you to. I am going to trust God. I trust God with my life. And and, and I believe if I were to sit down one-on-one with each one of you, you would say, Pastor, I trust God with my life. I trust God, listen to this, with the numbers of the days of my life. I don't believe I can die just accidentally. It might be an accidental death. But God knew. There's no surprise with God. He knows your beginning from your end and your end from your beginning. 
Today, I stand here at 62 years of age, sometimes amazed at all that God's done. God saved me 54 years ago at age eight, and guess what? God knew all that we were doing today as a church family, missions, building, touching lives, doing whatever it is that God's grace has enabled us to do. God saw it 54 years ago in a way that I couldn't see it. I had to walk it out and experience it, and I can trust him with it. I could go on a mission field one day and maybe never come back. Maybe I, I die in a plane crash or I, I, my heart just stops. I get overjoyed with his presence and I just decide, God, take me home. And I, and, and I go home, whatever. But, but I could leave here one day and never return to this pulpit. And you know what? It's okay because this was never my final place anyhow. This isn't it for us as believers. We're sojourners. We're, we're on a journey heading to the kingdom of heaven. And on the way here, we're supposed to be about doing good works. And God knows our beginning from our end. And my question is today, can you trust God with it? Even when you don't like the outcome. In the end, man, my hope is in Christ. My confidence, our confidence has to be in Christ Jesus because he knows, he understands, he has a purpose, a plan, a future, and a hope for every one of us. So when we talk about coming to the place of understanding joy and having the giving part of our lives, wanting to give and bless, man, we, we want to bring every area of our life under that giving part instead of the taking part. Our life, our business, our career, our relationships, our money, our marriages, our children, everything. We want to bring that into that place where we say, Lord, in these areas of my life, I want to be a giver in such a significant way that everything transforms because of the fullness of being the difference between being a taker and a giver. I give my life. Jesus said, I give my life. No man takes my life. Jesus gave his life. You know why? Hear me. <laughs> because of that man that's in prison for 47 years for killing someone. But he also gave his life for you in your sin and in your lawlessness and in your wretchedness. Jesus gave because the very heart of God in everything is to be a giver. Proverbs 25, I'm going to close. Jamie's going to come up here and help me get closed. Proverbs 25 verse 21 says this. If your enemy is hungry, take what he already has from him anyhow. Is that what it says? Come on, some of y'all need to read the scripture up there. If, you're, if you find a person that's hungry, not just a person, hear me this, your enemy Man, you think God's not trying to get a point across? It's like, yeah, if you see your brother hungry, of course you're going to feed him. He says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Why? For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you for your faithfulness. You know why? Because God loves the hurting, mean, angry, lost person the same way today that he loved you when you were hurting, lost, angry, mean, a sinner in need of a savior. He loved you and he gave his only son. He gave his son. And, and that whole principle of giving, it's a principle that the body of Christ today has got to grasp hold of and understand because it'll change your life for generations. No matter what your past, family, natural circumstances, curses, generational curses, 
failures, defeats, sin, sin nature, whatever it was, if it lines up with Christ, and you come under his lordship, his blood washes you from all sin, cleanses you. You get baptized in water, you go down with Christ, come up in the fullness of the resurrected Christ. You have the ability to change your life that could change generations to come by simply saying, I want to be like my father. I want to be a giver, not a taker. And I want the joy of the Lord to be inexpressible in me as I learn to give my life away. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? You see, God loves us so much that, that as believers, we, we know that. We understand that today. We're sitting here, and, and, and God's wanting to teach us and help us as, as believers to mature in Him and to deal with some of our natures and some of our mind things and some of our flesh. But there are some sitting in here. There's some watching online today, and we welcome all of you that are watching online. But some are watching today, and you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You've never experienced that inexpressible joy. You know pain and guilt and shame, heartache and hurt, failures, condemnation. And in the midst of all of that, God loved you so much that he gave his son Jesus who was willing to come and die on a cross so that his blood could cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you could come into the fullness of who Christ Jesus declared you had every right to be, a son or daughter of the Most High God. Right now, in just a moment, I'm going to invite those of you that don't know the Lord today. You don't have a personal relationship with him. You haven't surrendered all. In just a moment, I'm going to ask Pastor Jamie to just to sing this song before I, I, I pray over you. But, but, but the, this whole heart of I'm giving everything I have because God gave everything he had to me. And I'm just surrendering it back to him. That in giving all, you find completeness, joy beyond anything you ever imagined or dreamed. Cleansed, delivered, and set free. Because of the fullness of redemption. Jesus loved you so much that before you ever even would commit your first sin, he had already died so that you could be free. Listen to this song for a moment. And consider, contemplate today, this moment in your life forever marking and changing and setting you on a path of being right with the Father, forgiven of your sins, redeemed of your past, and given a purpose to live out the rest of the days of your life here on this earth. Listen to this song. You can have it all Every part of my Take this life and breathe on This heart that is now yours You can have it all, Lord 
today to give every part of your life surrender it to the Lord Jesus he will take it all he will exchange your sin for his righteousness he'll take your pain and give you his joy he will forgive you no matter what it is that you've done and he will become your Lord and Savior He's done everything he could, and the Father's done everything he could to bring you to this place and this moment that you could receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. But you see, it takes an act. It takes a choice. It takes a decision. You have to do what God cannot or will not do for you, and that is you, you have to choose him the way he chose you. Jesus gave you his best. He gave his life. He's wanting you to give your life back. With every head bowed, believers are praying for you right now. And we've all made this decision if we're walking with Christ today. You see, you come to a place, a crossroad in life where you have to choose life or death. You have to choose God or, or the God of this world. You, you have to choose everything that the Father has or you have to take whatever the world offers. You can't have them both. So to receive Christ means you're rejecting all the things of your past that brought nothing but death and destruction. And you have a right to receive the fullness of all that comes through salvation. 
this morning, you're watching online, I cannot see your hand, but you can email or text us. But those of you that are sitting in this room this morning, if that's you today and you're ready to simply believe with your heart, confess with your mouth, and receive Christ Jesus as Lord of your life today, it would be my great privilege to lead you in this simple prayer, to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Again, this is just between you and the Father. I'm looking as the one who presented this word today so that I might pray for you. If that's you right now this morning, across this congregation, would you just lift up your hand and say, today I'm choosing God. He chose me. I'm choosing him in my life today. Yes, God bless you. Who else this morning? This is your opportunity today to say, I'm choosing. Yes, God bless you, my dear. Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. This is your moment. This is your, this is your opportunity today to say, I, I'm, I'm not trusting me any longer. I'm not trusting my denomination or my religion any longer. I need a personal relationship with the Christ today. So I'm choosing Jesus. Before I close this out and pray, that's you today. I know, man, I know your heart's racing, your chest is beating, your knees are shaking because you stand at a crossroad of life. Today, will you choose Christ? He chose you, but you have to choose him back. Anyone else before I lead these in prayer this morning? I'm going to invite everybody right where you're seated. Heads bowed before the Lord. Let's pray this prayer. For those of you that raised your hand, pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud. Confess it out loud with your mouth. We're simply going to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Pray this prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to pray. I come to ask. I come to receive today my salvation. Today, Jesus, I invite you into my life into my heart I need you I ask you to forgive me of all of my past my sins my failures but mostly of my rejection of you today I'm not rejecting you any longer I want you to be my savior and I want you to be my lord so I invite you into my life I'm choosing you today Jesus and your forgiveness and your cleansing and your healing and I'm choosing you to be that door to the Father that will allow me to enter in as a son as a daughter so I thank you Jesus today for saving me I'm choosing this day to declare for the rest of the days of my life I'm going to serve you And as far as I fall back will be to this day of my salvation because I'm going to walk with you the rest of the days of my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading me to this moment and leading me to the Christ. Jesus, thank you for this moment, for the revelation that you died for me. And thank you for being the door to my Father. Father, thank you that you first loved me and that you gave to me your son, Jesus. I receive and I walk out today my salvation. I pray this 
In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for these two. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.